Turn with me this morning, if you would, to Mark, the 11th chapter. Mark, chapter 11. We've been on this subject for a few weeks now, and I think we should continue. Called Faith to Receive. Mark eleven twenty two. what did Jesus say? Have faith in God. Uh, as the margin of my Bible says, have the faith of God. Have faith in God. I think both of those would be true. He went on to say, For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now both of those is faith, but it's in different directions. One is faith against something, and another is faith to receive something. First one, verse 23, is not prayer. Verse 24 includes prayer. What did he say? If you'd say to the mountain, well, is God making mountains of problems for people? God putting mountains of obstacle and evil things in your way? No, then that's why you don't need to pray about it. You don't need to talk to God about it. He's not your problem. He's not the one that put it there. But what did he tell us to do? He didn't say, beg God to move the mountain. Oh, please, God, make the mountain go away. Whether it's a mountain of sickness, a mountain of debt, whatever it might be, what do he tell you and me to do? Speak. speak. You speak to the debt. See, how much of the church world's doing this, you think? You speak to that sickness. You speak to it. Isn't that what we just got through doing? We spoke to that storm. Well, God's not destroying places with hurricanes. I know some people try to say he is, but he's not the destroyer. God is not the killer. He's not the thief. Jesus tells us who the one that's destroying and killing is. He said the thief. Well, certainly God's not the thief. The thief comes not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Isn't that what hurricanes do? They steal. They kill, they destroy. Isn't that what disease does? Isn't that what cancer does? AIDS does? No, it steals. It kills. It destroys. Well, who did Jesus say was doing that? The thief. Well, my Father God is not the thief. It's blasphemy to call God the Father the thief. Well, then, if it's the thief... We don't have to take it. (laughs) We don't have to say, well, whatever the Lord wants. Well, no, it's not the Lord. It's the thief. It's the devil. Resist him. And what the Bible say? He'll flee flee from you. You you would think that's so simple. You would think most of the church world would believe that, but they don't. I said they don't. Because it's easier to be spiritually lazy. And you say, well... It's just all up to the Lord. And whatever happens was the Lord. And so they resist nothing. 
and they don't believe they receive anything, and just everything that happens, well, that was the Lord, but it's not true. I said it's not true. If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's not God. It's the enemy. It's the thief. Resist it. Stand up boldly and say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Stop this. Leave me. Leave my body. Leave my babies. Leave my life. Go. And don't just say it. Believe that what you say comes to pass. Jesus said, you will have what you say. He said it. But now if it's good, that's from God. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes down from him. And so if it's a good thing, healing's a good thing. Restoration's a good thing. Prosperity's a good thing. Peace is a good thing. Protection, direction. Then you can come to the Father and you can ask for it. But you must not just ask, but you must believe something when you ask. Look at verse 24 again. What did he say? What things soever you desire. Well, you're not desiring mountains and evil things and disease. You're desiring good things. Whatever good things you desire, when you pray, believe. A lot of folk just stop right there and they just believe all kind of things instead of what he said to believe. Oh, I believe God is real. I believe God can do anything. That's great, but that's not what he said to believe. What did he say specifically to believe? Whatever it is you're desiring and praying about, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Everybody say that out loud. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. What if it's healing? Believe that you receive healing and you shall have healing. Hmm? What if it's money? You need to pay your bills. Well, believe that you receive the money and then you shall have the money. He didn't say, believe it's all up to God. Did he? What did he say? Believe you receive. Now, go with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the fourth chapter. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, we said previously that this word that's translated receive here in Mark eleven twenty four, it literally means take. T-A-K-E. Believe that you take them and you shall have them. In fact, the same word is translated take in the same King James New Testament. So you wouldn't be doing any injustice to the text at all to say it that way. When you pray, believe that you take them and you shall have them. He didn't say imagine that you take them. He didn't say feel like you take them. What did he say? Believe. Believe that you. So how do you receive from God? You believe, you take it. Now you already know how to do this. Huh? Why do you say that? How many in here born again? Let me see. How many have received Jesus? You received salvation. You received forgiveness of sin. You did what? Received. Now, how did you receive it? You didn't receive it with your hand. You didn't receive it with your head. You didn't just receive it with your emotions. How did you receive Jesus? 
You believed. You received. Well, did something really happen? Are you really saved? Yeah. And by the same way, you can be really healed. And you can be really blessed. Same exact way. That's what we read in Colossians. As you have received uh, the Lord, so walk ye in him. The same way you received him is how you walk and live in him by faith. Hebrews 4, are you there? Hebrews 4 and verse 16. 416. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. How many know there's a difference between boldly and begging? Groveling and begging. Now he didn't say come presumptuously. He didn't say come haughtily. No. But you can still, even though you come thankfully, you can come boldly. What is bold? Yeah, confidently. Confidently. You're bold because you're sure. This is faith language. You're confident because you know. You know you're supposed to be there. You know he wants you there. You know that what you're coming to get, he wants you to have. He's already given it to you. When you won't come before the throne, you stand outside and bombard the gate that's never closed. (laughs) You ever heard people talk about bombarding the gates of heaven? You bombard the gate. Oh, God, oh, Jesus, and beg and plead. See, they don't know they got a right to be there. They don't know that he's already bought and paid for it. Oh, but when you know, oh, when you know, when you know, he's not mad at you. He doesn't even remember all the dumb, stupid, and evil stuff you did. (laughs) He doesn't even remember it. He forgave you. He washed you. He cleansed you. Your sins and iniquities he will remember no more. When you know he loves you, you're the apple of his eye. He wants to be with you. He wants to see you. He wants to hear you. You know you belong there. Seated at the right hand. Seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You know the master is right there. He ever lives to make intercession for you. Then you walk right on up. Right on up. Right on up. You don't stop at the outer place. You come on past the angels. You come on past and come right up to the very throne. And you go, hey, Father God, it's me again. Bold. And you come there to get something. I said you come there to get something. Why? Because you know he wants you to have it. You know he already bought and paid for it. You know it belongs to you. Somebody say boldly. This is not what the church in general has taught people. By and large the organized church has taught people to be beggars. They've not taught them to be bold. They've not taught them to be believers. And they certainly haven't taught them to be receivers. To come and take it. Somebody say come and take it. Keep reading. 
Come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain. Does that sound like a faith word? Obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Somebody say obtain Obtain. and find. Listen to the, uh, the Young's literal translation. We may come near with freedom with, through the throne of grace that we may receive kindness. Somebody say receive. receive. And find grace for seasonable help. Can you see what he's told Matt? You come boldly to do what? Receive. To receive. Lay hold. In fact, go to 1 Timothy 6. Let me remind you of this. 1 Timothy 6.12 talks about faith. And gives again the language. In fact, this is the same word, Greek word, that's found in Mark 11, 24. 1 Timothy 6 and 12. Are you there? 6, 12. What does it say? Fight the good fight of faith. Now, why would it be a fight? What do you got to fight through? Hmm? Is it God? You have to struggle with God? No. I mean, if God didn't want you to have it, you ain't going to get it. (laughs) Period. You can fight all you want to. Do anything you think you want to do. and You ain't going to change him and overcome him and and rend something out of his hand that he didn't want you to have. Ain't going to happen. So you're not fighting him. But how many know there's an enemy that'll resist you, try to confuse you? And there's people that are confused by him. They'll try to hinder you. You got your own feelings, don't you? Your own unrenewed mind. You got the symptoms. You got the circumstances. There's all kind of stuff that you'll have to wade through. But what did he say? Fight the good fight of faith. Tell me that next phrase. Tell me that next phrase. Do what? Do what? Lay hold. hold. What does that sound like? Does that sound like sitting by in the corner with your hands folded singing, Kumbaya, Lord. Come by here if you want to. (laughs) No. See, the church, organized church, has taught people to be beggars and to wait on God For whatever he wants. And that whatever happened was what he wanted. So just be happy with it. The church organized has taught people to be passive. 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 When the Bible has always taught God's people to be possessors. Possessors. And a faith man is a possessing man. A faith woman is a possessing woman. They possess. They receive. They lay hold. They take. Can you see we need to camp on this? Because we're dealing with centuries of junk. Of how to be a Christian. And what it means to be a Christian. 
God intended that you and I have some faith. And you and I learn how to stand up and go get what he tells us is ours. And fight through anything and everything until we lay hold of it. And then hold on it till we see it. I mean, it could be tough. It could be rough. But when the smoke clears, we're standing there with it, with our foot on the devil's head. (laughs) Right? God intended for you and I to be strong and overcomers and more than conquerors. But so many think it's humble. They think it's yielded to God to be weak. And passive. And do nothing. And everything's up to God. Wait on God. It's not the Bible. I said it is not the Bible. Think about the people that got healed. And got miracles in Jesus ministry. Think about them. Was it the people that waited in the corner. For the Lord to notice them. Huh? How many cases do you see. Where people were just sitting by and saying. Whatever the Lord wants. Whatever the Lord wants. And got healed. No. What kind of people got healed? What kind of people got healed? The woman that pressed through the crowd. How about her? Pushed through. Kept pushing and pressing. Is she fighting a good fight of faith? She kept saying, if I just touch his garment, I'll be healed. I just touch his garment. Came and took a healing. He wasn't having a healing meeting. He wasn't praying for the sick. She didn't even ask him if it'd be okay. She just pressed in and took a healing. Took it. Took it. That's why she was alarmed when he stopped. And she thought, "Uh uh-oh. Oh, no. He's going to want it back. But he didn't. And he didn't rebuke her. He didn't say, sister, you didn't even ask me if it was my will. No, that's these confused theologians and confused preachers. No. He looked at her. He said, daughter, good, good. Be a good comfort. Your faith made you whole. Good, good. Wonder what he's saying today. You think he's saying, yeah, just sit over there and be humble now till I notice you if I want to. Or is he saying, get up, get up, get up, and come here and get it. Come get it. Come get your healing. Come get your prosperity. Come get it. People like blind Bartimaeus. He couldn't see how to get to Jesus. But his lungs and voice were working just fine. Jesus! 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 They said, shut up, shut up. He said, Jesus! Got louder. Got loud, didn't he? But he also got healed, didn't he? Why? Because he he come to get it. He come to get it. Like the man born by four. Came, house is full. They couldn't get in the door. Couldn't find a place to park. Nothing. And a lot of folk would say, well, must not be the Lord's will. Because we couldn't get through and, you know. We just want what the Lord wants. No, you don't. You're just weak and lazy. How about these guys? They said, 
Right? You can't get in the door. You can't get in there. You can't do there. You know? And then they looked up. <laughs> Ain't nobody up there. Ain't nobody on the roof. And they got up there and tore up the man's roof. Tore it apart. They come to receive. They came to obtain. They came to lay hold. And if it took tearing up some roofs, hey, <laughs> whatever it takes, right? And the man walked away, walked away, healed and delivered. The people that got miracles were not passive, weak, do-nothings. They were people that heard about Jesus and they believed and they got up and they went and they took it. They took it. They took it. They obtained. <laughs> Can you say amen? Yeah. Fight the good fight of faith. Verse 12. Do what? Fight the good fight of faith and do what? Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. You have to lay hold. Now uh, go with me please. With that in mind. Over to uh, John, the third chapter. And then I think we'll go straight from there to Nehemiah 9. And if you don't know where that is, maybe they can put it up on the screen for us. But uh, We're going to John 3. There are two things as Christians, believers, we must find out. And that the world is ignorant of, and sadly, so much of the church is ignorant of. Two things we must find out. Number one, what God has given to us. And number two, how to possess it. So many have just implied, well, it's not up to us. God makes all our decisions for us. He decides whether we're blessed or not, whether we're rich or poor, whether we're smart or dumb, whether we're successful or failures, whether we're sick or healed. He makes all the decisions. And that's mighty convenient. (laughs) Because that means you do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And there are people to take that to the extreme and say, well, it's up to him whether we're saved too. Whether you're saved or lost, I mean, nothing you can do. It's just up to him. If you're preordained and predestined to be saved, you will be. And if you're not, you won't be. That means you do nothing. None of it's up to you. None of it is in your hands. And that's a lie. I said, that's a lie. God has given us a will. The ability to choose. And he's given us the ability to have faith. And through our faith, we're to possess what he's given. God provides, but we must possess. And you, first of all, you got to find out what he has provided in John, the third chapter, John chapter three and 27, put it up on the screen. If you can, John three, 27, what does it say? John three, 27. A man can receive nothing except what? Except it be given him from heaven. 
You can't receive it unless he's given it. But you're not going to try to receive it till you know he's given it. Right? (laughs) You're not going to go to get something you don't know is yours. Let me read that from another translation. He said, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. Another one says, no one can receive anything unless it has been given to him from heaven. So you need to read your Bible. And you need to come to church. And you need to go to the church where they tell you what's been given to you. You don't need to go somewhere where they tell you that we have no idea what's been given us. That it's all up to God. No, the Bible says don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I know you may have heard some of these things before, friend, but hear it like you've never heard it this morning. Let it get in your spirit real strong. What do we need to find out, number one? What has God given us? What has he given us? Has he given us more than one thing? Hmm? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. He said all things are yours. What's ours? What's been given to us? Friend, we need to camp on this. I said we need to camp on this. Did you know reading the so-called scripture prayers, the prayers that the Spirit of God inspired Paul to pray over the Ephesians, over the Colossians, over the Philippians, listen to them. What kind of praying is it? What is he praying for? And you see the consistency. He's praying that the eyes of their understanding might be enlightened so that they might know, they might what? Know Know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is, what the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places and gave him a name that's above every name that's named. He's not praying that God would do something for him. He's praying that they'd find out what God has done in Jesus. Oh, can you hear this? Can you see this? He's praying that they would get an understanding and revelation of what has already been given us in Christ. Oh, can you see this? How many know salvation is given us? Healing is already given to us. Prosperity is already given to us. Wisdom is already given to us. Righteousness, sanctification, holiness already given to us. A man can receive nothing unless it's been given to him. But you're not going to go to receive it unless and until you know it's been given. We're weak in this area as a church. I'm talking about the church at large. We've barely scratched the surface of it right here in this church. Of what he has given us. 
That'd be a good series, wouldn't it? (laughs) What belongs to us? What is ours? Can you think of something that's yours in Christ? He bought it. He's already paid for it. It belongs to you. Hmm? But now once you find out what's yours, is that it? What's next? Now it's time to gird up your loins. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Loins with truth. Put on, you know, the gospel of peace. Take the helmet of salvation and put it on. Take the shield of faith and put it on. Take the sword of the Spirit, the Word, and do what? Go get it. Yeah, but I thought he already got it. Yeah, but what he provides, you got to possess. And it's not God that's hindering you, but the devil will try to keep you from it. He'll try to hinder you from it. He'll try to stand between you and your healing. He'll try to stand between you and your prosperity. And you've got to fight through it. Got to persist through it. Push through it. And possess your possessions. Can anybody say amen? amen? Listen in Nehemiah. You don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Nehemiah. The ninth chapter in the 22nd verse. Put it up on the screen if you can. Nehemiah 9, 22. He says, you gave them, Tomat the Lord, you gave them kingdoms and nations. And you did divide them into corners so that they what? They possess the land of Sihon and the land of the king of Heshbon and the land of Og, king of Bashan. Verse 23. Their children you multiplied as the stars of heaven and you brought them into the land concerning which you had promised to their fathers that they should go in to possess it. Verse 24. So the children went in and did what? Possessed the land and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they would. Verse 25. And they what? They what? They took strong cities. They took a fat land. And they what? Oh, come on. Can you get excited about this? They possessed houses full of all goods. They possessed wells already dug. They possessed vineyards already planted and mature and olive yards and fruit trees in abundance. They took it. They possessed it. They were filled and got fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. This is exciting. I said this is exciting. God gave it to them, but that wasn't the end. They got up, they got armed, and they went and possessed it. And they took it, and they enjoyed it. But how many remember, this is talking about the second generation, not the first. Because the first did not possess. The first did not enjoy Was it because it was God's will 
for them to wander around in the desert. And it wasn't God, well, you know, they didn't understand it, but it was God's mysterious ways and will. And it was his will for their kids to go in, but it wasn't his will for them to go in. He was working something out in their lives. Hmm? No. Could you say they didn't enjoy it because he didn't give it to them? You can't say that. Wouldn't be true. Then why didn't they enjoy it? Why didn't they enjoy it? Because they had not the faith to possess it. I said they had not the faith to possess it. Now go with me to Numbers. And let's review this a little bit. You know, we are in one of these groups. Right? Either the passive whiners. <laughs> or the faith takers. Which group you in? Now, how many can see what I'm talking about? I mean, any church you want to talk about, any group of Christians, believers, any individual you want to talk about is in one of these groups. Aren't they? Sitting by, waiting, complaining, doing without, passive, or, Lord, help me to be with the faith bunch. Right? The possessing bunch. The strong bunch, not the whiners, not the gripers, not the belly acres, not the blamers, the blamers. We don't have it, and it's always somebody else's fault, most particularly God. Well, it's God. He just didn't see fit. He just didn't choose. He just didn't do. He just didn't give it to us. What are people thinking when they say that, well, the Lord hasn't seen fit to give us this? They think that if God does it for you, it falls on you. Don't they? Millions think this. That if it's God's will for you to have it, he, it's just going to fall on you. Boom. You go, wow. There's a healing. I didn't even want to be healed. Whoo, there it is. God made me rich. I would. I, he just did it. He just made it. I wasn't thinking about it. He wasn't expecting it. Boom. He just does it. He just puts it on you. That is not how he works. It's never been how he works. He gives. He says, there it is. I've given it to you. Yeah, but Lord, there's a bunch of giants living on it. So? (laughs) What's that got to do with anything? I said, it's yours. Yeah, but Lord, it cost 30 gazillion dollars. You know what God would say? So? What's that got to do with anything? I said, it's yours. Oh, come on now. Get stirred up in your spirit. All you need, friend, all we need is to know that he's given it to us. That's all we need to know. And if you got that... You got the basis of faith. That's how faith comes. Is by hearing. And when you hear from him that it's yours. That he's given it to you. Now. 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 
It's time for you to get up and go get it. Time to go take it. Time to possess it. Which group are you in? Huh? Whiny baby? Blame everybody? All up to God? Do nothing? Or what? Believe God? Get up and go get it. I think Faith Life Church is supposed to be the believe God, get up and go get it bunch. Don't you? Believe God, find out what's mine, and then go get it. Then go get it. Somebody close your eyes and say, go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Go take it. What do you got to know first? Did he give it to me? <laughs> I remember working with uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now. One of the first year or so I was with him, he's teaching on faith that you got to claim it. You got to possess it. And people make fun of us because of those words. But those words are in the Bible. And uh, this one young man, as Brother Hagin would say, bless his darling heart and stupid head, <laughs> sent a note to Brother Hagin about his Bronco. Now, Brother Hagin had a Bronco. It was older. It was red. It was big. And we had talked before, you know, about him trading and getting a new one. But he liked his old red Bronco. And he'd use it when the weather was bad. And he liked it. And he wasn't going to get rid of it. And this young man sent him a note and said, you know, I've claimed your red Bronco. (laughs) And I'll let you drive it through Christmas. But then I'm ready to take delivery of it. (laughs) And Brother Hagin thought that was quite amusing. (laughs) And he said in no uncertain terms that ain't nobody going to get his red Bronco. He wasn't going to give it to him. Well, what's the young man doing? See, he's trying to possess something that has not been given to him. That's not faith. That's presumption. And if we were trying to possess things that God hasn't given us, then we would be presumptuous and we would be off. But the truth is he's given it to us. He's given it to us. The devil did this. He tried to possess something that God did not give him. Didn't he? He came and said, I will ascend my throne. I will be like the Most High. I, he tried to usurp authority. God didn't give to him. Did it work? See, he's trying to use the faith principle. He's speaking it, isn't he? But there is no counsel and no power against the Lord. None. None. You try to use your faith against his, whew, ignorant. And the dust clears, you may not be here. When your words hit his words, his are going to stand. So no, we don't just pull stuff up off the top of our head. I'm claiming that. I'm going to possess that. No, no, no. You must hear from him. 
Oh, can you see this? You must hear from him in his Bible and by his spirit. Must hear from him first. Don't just claim something off the top of your head. You must have heard from him. But when he's spoken to you and he's told you that's yours, now take it. I remember Phyllis and I, oh, this has been 20 plus years ago. We were in another state having a meeting. And I'd spoken that night at the service. And we came back to the pastor's house. We knew him quite well, friends of ours. We had a little sandwich and some stuff. And I'm sitting there in the easy chair. And the Spirit of God came on me. I said, guys, I need to pray. Now, if it had just been for me, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just went to the room, bedroom, prayed by myself. But I knew it applied to them. I said, I need to pray. They said, oh, we'll pray with you. I said, let's do it. We hit our knees. We got to praying. Praying in the Spirit. Well, it's midnight. And uh, the Spirit of God moved on me. I saw what to do. I said, let's go for a ride. And he said, Okay. Now, see, you couldn't do this with just anybody. But see, they believed in me, and they believed in the Lord. And we got, we all piled in the little van. You remember that, Phyllis? And we drove out, and there was this property, this whole shopping center and land, and they had shown it to us. And it was empty. wasn't very old. I said, let's get out here and walk on this parking lot a little bit. We got out on the parking lot. Now, you shouldn't do stuff like this just off the top of your head. That's where people mess up. But I looked at the pastor. I said, look at me. I said, don't you know the Lord has given this to you? The Lord has given this to you. This is yours. This whole thing is yours. Oh, man, he shouted. He jumped. He ran. He believed it. He knew I wouldn't just say that. He believed it. Well, the next day we went to the airport. We went home. But before we got home. The man that owned it was calling him. Before we got home, the man called him that afternoon. Well, it didn't look very good. As it went on, uh, he didn't have the money, and he was going to borrow some of it. But the guys at the bank said, oh, no, no. I mean, this guy ain't got 30 people. He's going to get this whole shopping center and all this. No. It looked like it was dead. But how many know the Bible said fight? The good fight of faith. Oh, friends, I hope you're listening with your spirit now. So many people bless their hearts. They'll start on something, and the Lord's given it to them, and they run into a little bit of resistance and go, well, that must not have been the will of the Lord. Well, we'll just quit. Well, we don't know. Waiting for it to fall on them. That's not how it works. If Phyllis and I had time to stand here and tell you about how many obstacles... We encountered in the ministry and in this church how many times it looked like this church wasn't going to happen. How many times it looked like this building wasn't going to be ours and it wasn't going to happen. How many things we had to just keep pressing through and keep pressing through and keep pressing through. And I'm telling you what, Phyllis pressed for you. I'm telling you what, she pressed for you. Would not quit. I mean, understand faith just doesn't quit. You don't run up against, you know, people that tell you no. No, I guess we had a dozen people tell us no and no way. More than that, no and no way and don't ask again. 
But here we are. It's all paid for. Oh, glory to God. Well, the bank that this guy had done business with all his life, talking about the pastor, he said, no, no, I mean, y'all can't buy this place. Or be, how would you even make a payment? He said, well, all I know is it's mine. <laughs> he said, well, yeah, no, it ain't. So he went home. Months went by. The Lord had me call him one afternoon. I was in my office, and the Lord just prompted me calling. I didn't know why. I picked up the phone. He answered. He said, oh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith. I said, what? He said, I was praying, saying, God help me, and you called. I said, well, brother, don't quit. I said, don't quit. The word of the Lord is true and sure. Don't quit. He said, I'm not. I'm not going to quit. It's mine. Somebody say, it's mine. It's mine. What's he doing? Is he fighting the good fight of faith? The man that owned that property was very, very wealthy. I mean... He was half of the bank. He went into the, uh, God got a hold of him one night. He went into the president of the bank. He said, I am selling this to that preacher. With you or without you. And the guy said, oh, 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 well, we'll do something. We'll make it work. No, 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 we'll make it work. And they called him. Next thing you know, he owns it. Well, his little group wouldn't fill but one little corner of it. But next thing you know, this company wants to rent out part of it. And this other place wants to rent out part of it. And they help pay for the thing. But how many understand he had to be tenacious? He had to be persistent. And you're not going to do that unless you know that you know it's mine. God has given it to me. Oh, come on, can you see this now? Number one, you got to know what? You got to know what God has given you. Is that the end of it? No. Then you got to get it. You got to possess it. And how are you going to possess it? By your faith. By your faith. Did you find numbers? Well, uh, go to Deuteronomy first. Hold your place in Numbers. I think you'll get more out of it if we do it this way. Hold your place in Numbers 13. Go to Deuteronomy 1. I believe somebody's getting something out of this today. The blessings of the Lord don't just fall on you. Even when God rains bread out of the sky, you still got to go pick it up. You stay in the tent and sing Kumbaya, you'll starve with spectacular supernatural provision outside. Deuteronomy 1. Are you there? Verse 8 says, Behold, look, I have set the land before you. What's next? Go in. And possess the land. Now if you got any doubt about the importance of this. Just look up the word possess. Some 300 times. And also it's translated occupy. And also it's translated inherit. 
hundreds and hundreds of times. This is a central theme throughout the scripture. God gives and then you must possess. Is it different in the New Testament? We just got through reading the New Testament. Fight the good fight of faith. Do what? What's the next two words? Lay hold of it. What things serve you desire when you pray? Believe. Don't just believe in vague in general. Believe that you take it. Believe that you receive it. Believe you possess it. Lay hold. Are you getting the language here? He said, I've said it before you. Go in and get it. Go in and possess it. Skip down to verse uh, 21. Behold, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Do what? Go up and possess it as the Lord God of your fathers has said to you. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Skip down to verse 38. Joshua, the son of Nun, which stands before you, he will go in there. See, the first generation was not going in. Encourage him, for he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Verse 39, moreover, your little ones, which you said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, they will go in there, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. He said, you didn't do it, but they will. And friend, if you don't get your possessions, watch out. Somebody will. Somebody will. You can make excuses and you can feel sorry for yourself as long as you want to. But you do it too long and somebody will come up. And they'll lay hold. And they'll get it. And you'll still be crying. I'm believing God for a bunch of folk to rise up in this church. I mean folks that scare the devil. I'm serious. I'm believing God for a bunch to rise up in this place that are strong to believe God. Man, they'll lay hold on healing. They lay hold on wisdom. They lay hold on protection and direction. They'll rise up in business and lay hold of millions of dollars for the kingdom of God. They'll rise up and lay hold. I do not believe God sent me to pastor a bunch of do-nothings. Bunch of seat warmers and whiners and complainers and babies and sissies. No, no, no. Strong in the Lord. Strong in the power of His might. More than conquerors. Overcomers. Possessors of the kingdom of God. Am I right? I thought so. That's what I thought. Chapter 2, look at this, keep reading. Chapter 2 and verse 19. I mean, you just, I'm just reading you a couple. I've already told you over 300 of these. I'm just reading you a handful. Deuteronomy 2 and 19. He said, when you come near over against the children of Ammon, distress them not, nor meddle with them. For I will not give you the land of the children of Ammon any possession. Because I've given it to the children of Lot for a possession. So there's some things he said, don't mess with that. That's not yours. I didn't give that to you. So don't try to possess it. 
How important it is that we're led by the Spirit. Isn't it? Now see, you're trying to possess something that the Lord didn't give to you. That's covetousness. Isn't it? And you're getting in somebody else's way. And that's not right. So we don't assume anything. We get it from the Bible and we get it from the Spirit of God for ourselves. That's why, friend, if you don't know anything about being led by the Spirit, don't stop till you learn. We got materials that can help you. Go out there and get them. They're free. No charge. Download them for free in their entirety. What is it? Spirit-led life 1 and 2 are some of the things we've taught along this line. Learn how to hear from Him. God does speak to His people today. Don't try to hear audible voices, but He speaks to us through His Word, and He speaks to us by His Spirit. He bears witness with our spirit, and if you'll train yourself, you can learn the leading and direction of the Lord, even in the small things of life. Do you believe that? And you need to know what He's given you and what He hasn't. There'll be times you might get your eyes on something, and He'll say, oh, you leave that alone. Leave that alone. That's not yours. But then other things He'll say, that's yours. And there may be five other people claiming it and living on it. And it may cost all kind of money. And there may be all kind of red tape. They may have to rewrite the law so you can have it. But that can happen too. I said that can happen too. The government may have to change. It happens all the time. I said it happens all the time. But if it's yours... I mean, set your face like flint and go after it. And don't quit. And if you call five people and they say no, call somebody else. Right? Just be persistent. Just stay after it. Just Now, you don't have to be mean. Don't be ugly. And a lot of folk don't understand these things. So don't quote a lot of scripture to them necessarily. Just keep showing up and smiling and going, ha, it's me again. Yeah, well, we've already told you. Yeah, I know. But I'm here. What about it? What do we need to do? What's next? And they may tell you no 98 times. But you show back up 99. And it will be different that day. But only if you've heard from the Lord. If he told you. 24. He said don't try to get that. But, verse 24, this Rise up, take your journey, and pass over the river Arnon. Behold, I have given to you your hand, Sihon the Amorite, king of Heshbon. See, they thought that was theirs. And his land, so you do what? Begin to possess it. Take it. Contend with him in battle. Glory to God. Skip on down to 31. The Lord said to me, Behold, I have begun to give Sihon and his land before you. Begin to possess that you may inherit his land. Also, Og, king of Bashan. He said, I've given that to you. Og was a big boy. He had a a bedstead of iron. It's like 10 foot long. And they had iron chariots. I mean, they were feared warriors. And God said, No, that's yours. All that's yours. Yeah, they sure think it's theirs. Yeah, but I said. (laughs) Yeah, but they got iron chariots. Yeah, but I said. It's yours. Now, see, this is the same thing that stumped the first generation. Because they saw the giants, and they saw the iron chariots, and they saw the great big walled cities, and what'd they say? 
They said, we can't. In other words, it's not ours. And we can't get it. And it's not going to be ours. And was it the giants that kept them out? Or the walled cities? Or the air? No. No. It was their lack of faith to possess. Now go to Numbers 13 and let's see it. And let's see something I know is going to make you shout. <laughs> you ready to shout anyhow, aren't you? You're just, you're just on ready. I'm excited about this. Why? Because this ain't going to end today. This is getting in you. This is getting in your spirit. This is getting in your pores. This is getting in your hair and your ears. Isn't it? And you'll get up in the morning and you'll get up on Tuesday and you'll get up on Thursday and you'll think, I got to possess something today. I'm going to possess something. I'm, look out. Look out. I'm going to possess. But before you just run over something, you're going to make sure that God gave it to you. But then if he's given it to you, you don't care what anybody says. You don't care what the rule is. You don't care what the law is, what they said. Oh, no, you're not going to just, you know, make it happen yourself. But you will stand and believe God and say it and keep calling and keep checking and keep asking as long as it takes. Until it is yours. You don't wait for it to fall on you. You lay hold. You possess. Did you find Numbers 13? Numbers 13. Do you know what's going on in Numbers 13? The Lord told them. He said, I have searched through all the lands. And I found a land for you. He said, I looked through all of them, and I found the best one for you. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land where water springs out of the hillsides, land of vineyards, land of orchards, land of fruit trees, pomegranates. And they sent spies out to it. You remember that first part of this chapter? A man from every tribe. And they went out, and sure enough, it was a land of all lands. They got a bunch of grapes. It took two men to carry back. Remember that? Had a rod, this bunch of grapes. Well, it must have been tall. It must have been big. Bunch of grapes. This is a blessed land. And they came back. And what did they say? Verse 25, are you there? They returned from searching of the land after 40 days. This is Numbers 13, 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel to the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and they said, we came to the land where you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Now they had never seen it before. And the Lord told them it flowed with milk and honey. And he was right about that. Why wouldn't you think he was right about the rest of it? Huh? They'd never seen it before. And they said, it's absolutely true. What he told us, it is a land that flows with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. Look at this bunch of grapes. And that was just what we could haul back. Nevertheless, what does that mean? But. 
What? Now, they're not using the exact words, but what are they about to say? What they're saying is what God said about it being a good land is true. But about it being ours and us taking it, not true. We can't. It ain't true. And that is evil in the eyes of the Lord. Because you are in essence calling God a liar. And many have not realized it, but they've called God a liar concerning their healing. They've called God a liar concerning them being filled with the Spirit. Because they said it ain't for us. It ain't for everybody. It ain't for me. They've called God a liar about prosperity and said, nah, it ain't for everybody. It's not for me. When it is. How many know God's right about everything? He's right about it being good. He's also right about it being yours. <laughs> Sit out loud. It's good. And it's mine. If they'd have just believed the next part. But they didn't. They said nevertheless. But. The people. Be strong that dwell in the land. Well he never said they weren't. And the cities are walled and very great. And we saw the children of Anak there. Giants. He didn't say they weren't there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they're big and they're hairy and they're ugly and they're mean. (laughs) And that to them that means it's not ours. It's theirs. And it's going to stay theirs. Because ain't nobody going to take it from them. Much less us. See there are many people that believe. Oh healing is real. God does heal. He can heal. But it's not for me I guess. Same thing. Well I guess prosperity. I know God could make you rich. I know God could prosper you. I know he could. I know God could meet your needs. But apparently it's just not his will to do that for me. And, and I don't know why. But it's just whatever his will is. No. No. It is his will. For you. That's not the question. Never has been the issue. The issue is do you have enough faith to take it? Do you have enough courage and confidence to possess it? Because it takes faith to get up and strap on your weapons and go face giants. Come on now. It takes faith. Well, I just don't like confrontation. I just, it just bothers me. I, I just can't deal with it. Well, then just do without. Be weak. You got to be a man. Got to be a woman of God. Come on now. Y'all help me out here. You got to stir yourself up. You got to be strong. You got to show up for it. Think about our champions of faith. Think about young David. Think about him. A boy with a slingshot. That's why he's in the Bible. God loves this kind of thing. This blesses him. God was excited when little David said, I'll go fight him. God said, that's my boy, ass. That's my boy. He said, you come to me with a sword and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. 
I'm going to give your head to the birds and all your buddies too. He's about this big. Slingshot. God said, that's just what I need. That's all I need. He went out there. Woo, 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 and God pushed the stone a little bit. It's like he was shot with a rifle. But how many know it takes courage? It ta- the rest of the big strong men hiding, quivering in the ditches. Aren't they? Chicken. Right if we die. Lord Terrence is coming. We all going to die. Dying is not the worst thing that can happen to you. Living scared is. I would much rather die glorifying God than live longer being scared and wimpy and weak and being disgraced to the kingdom. Everybody dies. No. God is a God of courage. He's a God of strength. He's a God of confidence. He's a God of faith. And he glories over those of his that will rise up in his name and say, I know the obstacles seem insurmountable. I know it looks impossible on every front. But if you said it's mine, then it's mine. And here I come. Here I come. And I'll be here and I'll knock till it opens up and I'll stand till it changes. And I'll persist until it's here. Because if you said it's mine, it's mine. They said, we can't do it. We can't do it. That was a lie. Oh, but there was a couple of guys in the camp. Couple of guys that had gone into the land. Verse 30, are you there? Oh, this excites me right here. Caleb stilled the people. What does that mean? They're all crying. They're all carrying on. He said, shh, hush, hush. Took him a while. Because once criers get to going, he said, hush, hush. Quit your crying. Shush. Listen. Let us go up at once. Let us go up right now, one translation said. For we are well able to overcome it. Listen to another translation of that. He said, let us certainly go up and we have possessed it for we are thoroughly able for it. One says, let us go up boldly and possess it. We are well able to do it. One said, we should go up and take that land for ourselves. We can easily take that land. This is faith. I said, this is faith. This pleases God. Somebody said out loud, I am well able to take my healing. I am well able to take my prosperity. I can take it. I am well able by the Spirit of the Lord. I can take it. I can take it. I can get it. I'm well able to get it. They said, we're not able. We're not able to go up against the people. They're stronger than us. And they brought up an evil report. And they said, we saw the giants, verse 33. Whoo, the giants, sons of Anak 
And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight and it was not true. I said it was not true. They were as grasshoppers in their own sight, but the people of the land were afraid of them. You read other scriptures, they told them. You remember Rahab said when the exodus started going in, she said, the people's hearts are melting because of you. They have heard everything God did in Egypt. They heard about, they were scared. They were ready to run. The giants too. I don't care how big they are. God's bigger. I don't care how much money it is. God's richer. God's stronger. But somebody's got to show up. God doesn't just make it fall on you. Verse 6. Joshua the son of Nun. And Caleb the son of Jephunneh. Which were with them and searched the land. They rent their clothes. What does that mean? They tore their clothes. Why? These people are driving them batty. Aren't they? They're excited. About going in and getting their land. They just got through seeing it. They've been talking around the campfire. Joshua said, I'm going to build my house over there. Caleb said, yeah. And that big vineyard and that mountain, that's mine, baby. That's mine. That's mine. That's Caleb town right there. He said, I got you, man. That's good. That's good. And Joshuaville is right over there. They are pumped. They're excited. Can you hear? Caleb said, shut up. Shut up. Hush. Let's go get it right now. I'm ready. Let's go. Who's going with me? Let's go get it. And they cried and they whined. And they said, it just must not be the Lord's will. He's going to kill us all out in the desert here. And we don't know why, but we just don't understand his mysterious ways. And it's just so hard. It's just so hard. So hard. And after several minutes of that, Joshua and Caleb got to ripping their clothes. They went on, God deliver me from this bunch. I want to go get my land. Let's come on. Let's go get the land. And they cried and they whined. They said, the land we went through to possess it is an exceeding good land. And if the Lord delight in us like he said he did, he will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey and they would not do it. And the ten spies that kept lying about what God said, they died then. And the rest of them wandered around out there in the desert for 40 years, not because it was the will of God. Because they just did not have faith to possess it. But glory to God, that next generation was fed up with sand. (laughs) And was thankful for the manna, but wanted something else for a change. And I mean, when the last unbelievers died out, Joshua and Caleb still alive, only ones. How many know your faith will cause you to outlast everybody else? Got up and they went in and they put their armor on and they took the land. It didn't just fall on them. They had to stand. They had to march around the wall seven times. They had to fight. And they had to regroup and fight some more. And it didn't all happen in two weeks. And they, but they had to keep on. And they kept taking it and taking it and possessing it and taking it. And they entered in and they lived in the land that flowed with milk and honey. And they enjoyed the houses and the orchards and the vineyards. Come on. They enjoyed the riches of the blessing of God.
because they had the faith to possess it. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.